Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. And finally, John, we have more than one game to talk about. Celtics play in a way and home against the Philadelphia 76ers. No run for Markel Fultz on Friday night, but last night in Boston, the Celtics Put them away early, honestly. No minutes for Hayward, no minutes for Gordon, no minutes for Irving. And Aaron Bain suffers a knee strain, so that's not great as the Celtics want to start out healthy, but you know for some reason they just never managed to pull that off. But Terry Rozier, looking like a new player, I still think he's an off guard, but he did lead all players in uh, Monday night's contest with six assists, and they did. They came out fast and furious. Uh, it was really, really good to see the young players playing well. Not so much in the late third quarter, but definitely in the first half. Brown, Tatum, uh, Ojale, Shemi Ojale. We'll figure that one out at some point here, I swear, John. But everybody still calls him Semi, but it is Shemi, I believe. So there Shemi, we go. Yeah. Shemi. Shemi. Shimmy, shimmy, cook a pop. Shimmy, shimmy, right. Shimmy, shimmy, I'm a girlfriend. Okay. Oh, dude, the movie Big. Big. Come on. That's right. Right? Zoltan. Or Zoltar. Which one was it? Zoltar. Zoltar. Right. The fortune telling machine. That's right. So there we go. A little bit of 80s trivia. We're just going to get that out of the way at the front end of the show this week. It was, you know, the thing about Zoltar, and the thing about that was great, was like every kid, I was, I mean, you and I are about the same age as the kid in Big, who we, you know, and it's like, Oh, well, we were crazy. then, yes. We were okay. then, right, right. We were, we were and, older than Tom Hanks was in that movie now. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, when now was then, just to bring it back to the other thing we were talking about with baseball. But no, I mean, that was great. It was great. Unfortunately for the 76ers, now is now. <laughs> and yes. then is not, is now. And they are not a very good basketball team right now. Yes, we had no Embiid. Yes, you had, um, no Rocco, no Robert Covington, no Reddick. Um, but the Celtics, pretty much the Celtics bench and the Celtics kids obliterated them, you know, and that's, and, and it really wasn't any closer on Friday night. They want you to trust the process in Philly, 
and you live down there, so you know you know what they're saying down there. They want you to trust the process, but man, this they are they deserving a lot of a trust? Do they deserve trust to give 150 million to Joel Embiid after 31 games in his NBA career? You know, I think the Celtics played great. I think. All of the kids showed up. Yabu had a great effort tonight. We certainly we saw the Terry Rose. What a great rebound. But Real quick, not to jump in I, on you. We were really getting excited about Yabu. We gave him a little bit of time on this show because you were so excited to see him finally play. But yeah. the rebounding of all the issues that this team has had with rebounding, Yabu looks like a guy who on a night in, night out basis. If you're really struggling on the glass and need a bucket, he can go in and do it. Unlike all the other experimental rebounders that we've seen on this roster, he will still space the floor and jack threes and knocks them down. I think that's really key because I think strategically Brad could lean on him to go get some of those key rebounds on a bad night for the team because of that fact and that fact alone. He can stroke it and still keep the floor spaced appropriately. Yeah, I think he can. I think I thought it was interesting in Steve Opet's column on Sunday where he talked about the fact that the Celtics are hoping that that Yabu kind of you know learns from Al Horford and picks up where Al Horford is and, and kind of go down that road. That's a pretty that's asking a lot of a kid like uh, like Yabuselli to kind of you know become a guy like Al Horford with such you know innate senses of of screen setting and passing and. Uh, you know, that doesn't seem like it's, he, he's the next of those, but maybe. It seems like you know, jumping the gun early in a career. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, let's, let's, like you said, the rebounding thing, I think he can, he can set a screen like there's no tomorrow. Um, I think those are huge pieces for him. I think the next piece that we, I'd like to see him maybe add is, you know, really a bit more defensively. And we saw a lot of deflections he was creating tonight, a lot of, uh, you know, steals and, and really creating some havoc in effect, uh, on the defensive end. If he really became, you know, kind of a really plus defender, um, even if he's not hitting those shots, you, you got to feel really good about what Yavastelli is bringing. And who knows with, with Baines's injury, does that mean that Yabu has to take even more of a step forward than we might have thought? I don't know that he goes into a starting lineup situation because I think Tice is ahead of him right now, but you certainly got to feel good about where Yabuselli is after a night like tonight against Philly. Yeah, I mean, Rozier had 10 rebounds. He actually, I believe, led the team. No. Yeah, he did. He led the team. Tice had nine rebounds. You're right. He's Tice is ahead of Yabu in that regard, but he doesn't shoot the outside shot, and that's where I think he runs into trouble. Like, I think you could see Yabu going in with some of the starters for certain minutes, not as a starter, but mm-hmm. with the starters for certain minutes if they need some, some rebounds. They move Al over to the five, and then he comes in as the four. Another player that we've seen get a good significant number of rebounds, and we saw this last year too, but Jalen Brown with a nice night, 12 points, 9 rebounds, and really looks composed. He is finishing better, though, John. I mean, just it doesn't look so wildly out of control when he's taking. And we said this last year, or I definitely said this, he needs to learn how to take the contact and finish after. And he is starting to do that. Instead of trying to power up through the contact and then you know, not be able to finish that, he's learning how to take that, absorb the shock, and then go and try to finish the play. And I think that's having a big 
impact on his ability to just look more fluid out there in general. I yeah, I mean I think his ability to get to the rim and finish the rim, I think that's something he's going to perfect and get better as he goes along. The, the thing that I'm looking at is is his ability to play make and you know, to not get into bad situations with the ball in his hands, not get out, not get out of his comfort zone. Four turnovers tonight, but his his usage, I mean he had the ball in his hands a fair amount. Um you know, when Terry didn't have it, he played with it quite a bit. So four turnovers doesn't make you jump up and scream, uh, but he's going to have to be very efficient uh, when he's playing with the starters. He's going to have fewer touches. He's going to have to create more off of less. And I think he'll be able to do that, but that's the area probably that I was looking at this year from last year to this year, just his general feel and trying to be able to – Go into a, you know, drive and if, if it's not there, kick it back out and find someone there. Last year we saw a lot of times he'd get in there, get bottled up and then, you know, to turn over on the other end. He's got, that's what he's got to really work on this year. Yeah, definitely. He did have a nice little play in the second half where he hit a floater in the lane mm-hmm. instead of just going right to the rim and that will help create some opportunities for him as well. Just people not lining up at the rim waiting for him to arrive and being able to hit a little floater like that is is pretty crucial to just variation to his offense defensively that's what they're going to be looking at from him you look at somebody like Terry Rozier though defensively he played really well again I know it is Philly but he played defensively really well he is such an off guard it is amazing what he's done to his (laughs) offensive game I get it you know maybe he'll be the guy off the bench and maybe they'll put Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. I thought Tommy Heinsohn made a good point during the broadcast. He just loves Marcus and Terry side by side, both playing so strong defense. And then you have Marcus, who does play well facilitating the offense and setting it up, and Terry, who I do believe is much better as a two. But they work well off of each other, and that's what that second unit really needs. Some defensive stopping, you know, slow the game down a little bit. You know, if they can chew up minutes without really taking off the 48, then you can see the starters play more time but be more well-rested when they come in. And, you know, a guy who plays 32 minutes on a longer game because it all gets slowed down a little bit is definitely not taking the same pounding as somebody who plays, you know, 30, 31 minutes in a shorter game just because of how fast they're moving along they don't get a break. So I can see that second unit using that defense to, to lock opposing teams down. Plus – if they don't really allow the opponent to close the gap in whatever lead the starting unit may have uh, got out to in any uh, matchup, then they can stay out there longer even if they're not scoring. But I have a hard time envisioning this team not putting points on the board. I think that was the part that was so impressive about Monday night's game was how easily they were able to to score. Like, Shemi hitting the three like crazy, just not missing. You know, Yabaselli hit the three. They had Terry was scoring points. It just really was um, really nice to see them not struggle to get buckets, and they went pretty deep on that bench as well. Just a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live, as well as your host, 
Follow me at CSL underscore Justin. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network is at CLNS Media. And the Facebook page, just Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the app. That's right. Just search CLNS Media in your app marketplace for iOS or Android. And finally, the YouTube channel is back up and running. You've got the Garden Report. And I'm going to say, formerly with Jared Weiss, now with USA Today, congratulations to Jared Weiss, a CLNS Media uh, early timer, maybe. I don't know how to say it, but he helped build this network. He's a great face of the Garden Report. Still going to see him on the Garden Report, but congratulations to him uh, and his move up. And then in the meantime, you're going to see Jimmy Toscano, uh, Josue Pavone, and uh, CLNS Media's own Nick Gelso on the Garden Report this season. Probably some appearances from Trags, a new contributor as well. So, John, I'm looking forward to getting some more games under the belt, but mostly the regular season. Because if I know one thing about a matchup against the Philadelphia 76ers without Joel Embiid in the preseason, it's even though that second unit looks like they can score, it might be a whole different ball of wax once we're into deep November. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think early on, it's it's amazing how things look at this point of the year, and then you, you know, just in a few short weeks, things will look drastically different. Um, you know, this is play basketball. This is not the regular season. Uh, you know, the Celtics probably aren't going to beat Philly by thirty-four. Uh, that wasn't the final score, but they they they're up by thirty-four at one point. This is. Rotations are different. I mean, the Celtics, the Sixers were playing Bayless and Okafor and, you know, large people who are going to make up a big part of their rotation in the fourth quarter. Celtics. <laughs> Which Okafor? How cool is it to see Emeka Okafor back? I don't know that he makes this oh, roster. But when I saw him the other day, I thought, who, wait, who, that looks like Okafor. Can't be. Can't be. And then they had the, they did say that because of like a herniated disc in his neck, he's missed the last three seasons. But it was really surprising to see him back out there. I remember he was my starting center on so many uh, fantasy leagues in the past because he was so good for rebounds. Like he never had a ton of points, but you could count on a double double out of him night in and night out. He was, and you know, remember I don't you know back in oh he was in the oh three or oh four draft. Uh, he was 04, of course, 04 draft. And it was, it was that, do you take, you know, Howard or do you, you know, the young guy, the kid out of high school, or do you take the guy who'd been to college, earned it, knew about it? Do you take over? At UConn. And, I mean, at UConn. Right. Yeah. And yet, how does it all turn out in the end? <laughs> you know, I think for at least the first seven, eight years of that, it was definitely Howard. I think probably you'd stick with Howard anyway, but it's kind of interesting to see those kind of debates that happen in, at the at the draft. And now we have this one with Fultz and Tatum. Uh, see how that those things turn out. You just never know. You don't. And injuries can really derail somebody. Obviously, in the later stages of Mecca Okafor, another center who struggled the same way. Your favorite? Come on. Who is it? It's not Kevin Durant. <laughs> Not nope, Kevin nope, nope. I'm putting it, I'm putting it aside. I'm putting Pretty it aside. Pretty sure it's Greg Odin. So speaking <laughs> of big men getting big contracts with big injuries, since we played the Philadelphia 76ers the last two games, what is up 
with them throwing Joel Embiid all these dollars for how many games did you say he's played in his career so 31. far? 31. 31. 31 whopping games. So he's going to make $5 million for every game that he has played before he signs a contract. <laughs> what? Five million. I get it. He's a one. clear and obvious talent. Yeah. But if he can't stay on the floor, that's it. Now, I think you said you were pretty sure that there were some solid protections in this contract. So there may be this semi, uh, you know, mutual commitment, but it can't have so many protections that Okafor doesn't get paid because otherwise he's like, why would I sign the contract then? Exactly. I mean, he's got, <laughs> when you, you know, he's got to get some security out of this, right? I mean, a guy who's, he could simply say, I'm not going to sign it. I'll wait to get to free agency. But he's also got a little bit of a gamble too here and it could all be over in an instant for him as well. So I would imagine they found some common ground there. But to me, the Sixers haven't won nothing, haven't won absolutely. They have not even gotten out of you know, out of first gear, really, as a, as a franchise. They just get this Fultz thing done. They're finally getting Simmons done. But now they have to start paying these guys, whether it's Embiid. It won't be long. Simmons will be out, out there. Uh, you know, Okafor certainly is is a guy that they're probably going to jettison one way or the other. It just seems like there's all these different pieces. And, um, you know, you wonder uh, at some point, if why would you trust the process if – that <laughs> you're paying money out the door, but you haven't really gotten If the process before. isn't trustworthy. <laughs> exactly. Bing. <laughs> I mean, they've got money to spend because there isn't anybody on this roster other than Reddick who's really commanding any salary, right? So on the other hand, everybody's on a rookie contract, it seems like. So why not burn a little bit of money? Just throw it right into the fireplace, right? So that is the other side of the equation. You know, it's not a 10-year deal at max money or something insane. It's not, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but it still does seem like a pretty hefty price tag for a guy well, that it's you've the most... had how many seasons didn't even get on the floor? Like one full one. Right. And a good chunk it's of the number most... two. It's the most you can give him, right? It, it's, it, that's it. They've maxed him out. And that's great. I mean, that, I can understand from his perspective, why wouldn't you? In the 31 games he played, he probably is a top five center in the league. He's worthy of a max contract in those 31 games. But do you, I mean, <laughs> 31 he games the year. means I'm not play. in the postseason. So you make it right. to the postseason, just... you don't get a top draft pick, and then he doesn't show for the postseason run, and you're a first round and out. That definitely isn't the right. process the way it was drawn up on the board. He stopped playing in February and just started playing five on five a few weeks ago. You know, I mean, I just, I don't see, I don't, I understand why they're protecting him and you absolutely have to pr protect your investment. But man, it just seems like they're doing what they think they need to do. And they're not protecting themselves. We're going to see what happens when we see the contract. It, I it, think that will. Some of this may make more sense, but as we, as these initial reports roll in here this weekend, it, it just, it seems to me it's a, it's a big gamble. A big regardless gamble. Regardless of how good he is. You segue so perfectly. Yeah. Like I was going to say a big I gamble, thought. right? And I had it all queued up. It seems like a big gamble. And then you, you're just a pro at this, my man. You're a pro. So 
Speaking ah. of, we're going to come back from this break. We're going to talk about Marcus Smart. Speaking of contracts, they're throwing money at Joel Embiid, and the Celtics apparently haven't even talked to Marcus Smart or his agent about an extension, which they can do before the season starts. We're going to take a deep dive into that. But first, I'm going to tell you about FanDuel. That's right, fantasy football fans. The wait is over. Football is not only back, but we're through five weeks of the NFL. Can you believe it? And what about this? This is the first week in our FanDuel league that I actually cracked 100 points. Still not in the money bracket. So close. So close. Todd Gurley, come on, man. Come on, man. You're like a catching back, a running back. I paid a lot of money to have you in my lineup. Four points? Not even four points. Maybe like three points. Dude, killed me. Killed me. But anyway, FanDuel is back with Fantasy Football for Everyday Fans. New contests are beginning every week. We've filled our Celtic Stuff Live uh, league, listener league, every single week. The max 250 and usually within 24 to 48 hours. So if you want to join our league, you can go to FanDuel slash CSL17. But there's no busted seasons thanks to a new contest every week and with something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from. It only starts at $1. You simply pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. Over two and a half players, two and a half million players, two and a half players. So that half person made a lot of money, John. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use our promo code CSL17. Try FanDuel for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. Just sign up using promo code CSL17. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CSL17, void where prohibited. So Marcus Smart doesn't get a contract extension offer so far, and I'm not surprised that they wouldn't necessarily come to an agreement, but not even initiate talks, John. That, to me, is a surprise. The guard definitely lost 20 pounds. He does look way better. And I get it. He may have not quite fulfilled expectations on some level, but as a defender, he's amazing. And really, if they are going to wind up making one more big play at somebody like an Anthony Davis, you would think that they would want to have a fairly sizable contract. Now, who knows? Maybe the agent just floated this out there. Maybe the Celtics will throw him, you know, something that they know he would accept. But they really don't have a lot of time. The season starts earlier this year. I think we have, what, two weeks for them to be able to offer an extension and and get it signed before the season starts? I would have thought that this conversation would have started at the beginning of training camp. Yeah, they they actually, it's a week from, uh, well, actually less than a week, a week from uh, Columbus Day. So a week from Monday, uh, is the, set, the 16th is the last day you can offer the extension. Um, well, look, I mean, let, let's, let's, to play devil's advocate here, I think you very, you know, aptly laid out why Marcus deserves the money. We talked about why we think he, Marcus deserves the money, but from the Celtics perspective, um, you know, look, they've, they've committed a lot of money here over the last, uh, few years, particularly with that, with Horford and, and Hayward and signing those two to, a collective over $60 million. So you have $30 million remaining for your rest of your team under the cap. Once you sign uh, Kyrie Irving for or trade for him, that's another $18 million. 
there's not a whole lot of money left either under the cap or you can only go so much over the cap before you're hard capped. And so the Celtics really need to avoid that type of situation. I think with, with Smart, and we talked about this, the, the ability for him to be a movable contract is really important. So maybe it's got to be a really good deal. I would theorize to the agent of the guy and say, hey, you know, this is where we are. At least you'd have that cursory conversation. Now, maybe Happy Walters, who's Smart's agent, is saying, well, I'm going to put a little pressure on him in the press. doesn't seem to work very well with the Celtics, I think, in the past. But if I'm the Celtics, I'm going to look at this and say, look, we need to stay below the tax uh, as low as we can uh, for a player who, Yes, he's lost the weight. That's great. But let's see him do this in the regular season. Let's see him actually produce um, some numbers that are worthy of, of, of a substantial raise. Not the $10 million that uh, Andre Roberson got. Not the $12 million per year that uh, uh, Powell got in, in Toronto. You've got to think that Smart's looking at what Gary Harris got, the $21 million, the four over 80, $84 million over four years that Denver gave Gary Harris this past weekend. Big money contract. Um, you know, with the Smart we've seen lately, seems like he's leaning towards that more than the 10 or 12 uh, of those other guys. But that's a pretty wide range <laughs> to go for 10 or 12 do you to think $21 million. Which end is here? he in? I don't know. I don't either, but do you think the strategy in this case is let's just focus on the season and not worry about that extension because if we throw a number out there, he might wind up being unhappy and it might demotivate him and they want him to just focus on playing basketball and playing for that contract? I don't know. I would think, again, that they would rather have the salary as a tradable chip. That, to me, is the reason to extend him. Uh, and... And or at least start the conversation and see what it's going to cost you to extend him right now. But that could be the strategy. Let's have him just focus on basketball. Let's have him go out and earn his paycheck with that sort of not behind him. He did just lose 20 pounds knowing he's going into a contract year, right? So maybe that's the driver. They figure most players in a contract year do perform. And they will historically reward players if they do perform. Um, and it's not like he hasn't played well, but, but at the same time, he hasn't necessarily played to the level of a $21 million contract per year, right? So this might be, mm-hmm. that, that, that could be the strategy is let's just see him go out there. But I don't know that, I don't know that they need to do that with Marcus Smart. I'll be honest with you that he seems motivated well on enough, well enough on his own. I'm not sure that motivation and effort and, you know, professionalism in terms of training is the issue. Even with the size, that's not a conditioning thing or a, you know, that's a how he works out thing. You want to say it's a little bit diet? Sure. But I don't think that he looks like he lost any fat. I think he trained differently. And sure, I'm sure he made some adjustments to his diet. But I don't think that he was a slacker in the offseason in the past. This isn't a Jared Sullinger scenario. No, it's definitely not Jared Sullinger's scenario. I think it's a scenario where he was too big. He was playing too heavy. Uh, and he got hurt. So the, the, you know, the back injury slowed him down, but he, he was, he had, I wouldn't say he had a bit of a gut on him, but he definitely was out of shape. He was not in the condition he needed to be to play NBA basketball as a guard. I mean, he just, he was 240 and you know, you just, 
he couldn't get by guys. He, you know, he'd get out in the wing and he's matched up with the center and he's passing out of there trying to shoot a three over the top. You just can't, can't do that. When the switch benefits you as a guard and you couldn't take advantage of it, something's wrong. I never and thought I think that, that he that looked gassed again. though. I mean, I, I understand the lateral quickness and the quickness altogether. And that's true to me, but you actually think he was out of shape or do you just think he trained him yeah. properly? He had to come out of game, uh, I think it was game seven. He had to come out of game seven, uh, against, against the, the, the Wizards. He was working his tail off in games, in game seven in, in the third quarter, just completely working his tail off and had to come out because he was exhausted. He had to, he was having the vapors or something, you know, and he had to sit down. <laughs> the vapors. I, I he was, but you know, he was, he, he was having an issue out there. And so he had to sit out. And that's was that so a modium nitrate or whatever? The crack a little bottle? No, just a little. Oh, yeah. Go. So it, it was, he, I think that he was, he was disappointed with his own condition. You're absolutely right. This is not a Sullinger's type situation where it's like, well, you know, yeah, I should be in better shape. This is, he was, I think, legitimately. Listen, dude, Terry uh, Rozier eats was pasta sandwiches, bro. Pasta sandwiches, right? I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. they burn a ton of calories. And if Marcus Smart was working his yeah. tail off and he needed to go vape on the <laughs> sideline, then I'm just saying, so be it. The dude is, he's got a crazy motor. I don't, I do not feel that he was out of shape. I just don't think he was in the right kind of shape to play guard in the NBA. And that may have been why he floated into that three, four in those smaller lineups, et cetera. Like that makes sense to me. Well, he was, but he was too. And he did I need mean, to make an adjustment. It's not because he was just like, you know, this is what I want to be. I think he was too 40. The back injury I think was real. You know, when he's at the end of the season and, and again, I don't want to say he had a gut, but he kind of had a gut going, you know? And I think that that, I don't think he could work out the way he wanted to because of the injury. And so what I think happened. But he was always too far anyway. He got dude. healthy. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Go back and look at his rookie year. He was not as good a condition as he's in now, but he was much better than you see him in the playoffs. He just, he didn't look like himself. He's like a shell of himself. He's hurt. I think he he got home. He got he got his body rested, healthy, and then he went after it and and got in the gym, just as you said. Got in the gym, changed the diet, cut out all the fats, all lean proteins, and da 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 da. And before you know it, Slim Smart is here. There's one thing though I want to say. It really kind of bothers me out there in the world in the in the uh, the uh, the ether of the internet. And you've probably seen this. There's people say, well, I'm surprised Slim Smart could still, you know, rebound. I could, I'm so, I'm surprised <laughs> Slim Smarty. Dude, come Slim, on. Just, I'm Slim Smarty because I'm the real Smarty. Of it. I cannot pass just, that up. It's just right? sitting right there. Just saying, please stand up. So, <laughs> so Slim Smarty is out there, right? And he's doing his thing. Listen, there's one thing that didn't change. He may have 20 less pounds, 
But the dude's got the biggest heart going, right? That's the reason why he's going up against Porzingis and Millsap and, and boxing Okafor out and all that. It's not because Smart is like, oh, he's in the right shape for it. It's because the dude has a death wish. I mean, he's nuts. That's what we love about Marcus Smart. That's what makes him special. The 20 pounds makes him more effective, yes. But it's the heart that was really what made him just a tremendous performer. And that's not going to change no matter what. He definitely deserves the contract. I mean, maybe not $84 million, but he deserves the extension. Right. And, and you know, I haven't looked at the numbers million? yet. Well, yeah. What do you I, think? I definitely think he deserves $15, 16000000 And I would yeah. honestly, I think they could make a case for that being a fair contract offer. And here's the other thing. He could still do the three-year deal. I mean, he doesn't have to be locked right. into it forever. And there's nothing like being on the playoff stage going from that 23 to 26 range and coming up at 26, 27. Look at what Hayward, that's, the, that's a great contract with another three year contract. And then you get payday at 30. There's no reason why a three year contract wouldn't be perfect for him on a high profile team. And even though there's a lot of projections out there, I think the CSN put one up tonight that the Celtics weren't projected to crack 50 wins, which I think is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's yeah. the silliest thing. You're overrating the, uh, exp- you're overrating the bench as a factor in the, how many wins they get this season, if that's where your projection is landing and underrating, you know, how they're going to be able to manage those minutes or how hungry some of those younger oh. players are. But, to wrap the Marcus Smart conversation, talking about a younger player in a contract year, you give him the extension, and then you give him three years of playoff basketball, high profile in his early prime. That would position him for one of those, you know, big, big mega deals. And the face of this franchise, or not the face, but the Lance, this franchise will look very different at that point. And I think they want to hold on to young athletic players. And if they do have to make a move and he goes somewhere else, so be it. He can't be unhappy with that contract. No, and uh, the draft nicked in in us. I was excited as hell watching uh, the lineup that, that Brad rolled out there of Tito and Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Yabu. I saw that out there and my toes curled. I was awfully excited about seeing that. It was so cool. And they played so well. And – Today's basketball, everybody able to do everything, switching, switching, switching. Um, it was, uh, that was a beautiful thing out there. I'm all about it. I think, you know, there's a reason why they're not going to get 49. They're going to be over 49 wins. I mean, the early Vegas line was 56 and a half. I thought that was maybe a little bit rich knowing what's going on, but seven wins. Ah, come on. They'll, they'll be in the fifties. No doubt about it. Yeah. So I totally must have lost a week, but you're right. By the time this airs, it'll be one week away from opening night. And so we talked Crazy. about smart and that, that blew my mind. And I'm just going to say it right now. I love the shortened preseason. And if it means there's a few less back to backs and they space the season out, I'm all for it. The fact that that just snuck up on me a week, I feel like we just started talking. Oh. Because we did. <laughs> Last week's show was the first show where we had games. Now we have this week's show. And next week's show, we're just going to be priming the opener against Cleveland. 
That is exactly how this should have been done all along. No question about it. Four games is all. Uh, you know, against Philly, the last game against Philly, you end up with a situation where you're playing largely your second string. Fourth string, you know, the, the D league effectively is what's playing your, your, your fourth quarter. But by and large, you're seeing players who are going to play, even Philly playing Fultz in the fourth quarter. That's a, that's a good ticket no matter what, but also entertaining all throughout, especially for Celtics fans with, you know, putting a herd on those guys. But, you know, you, you're right. You get in, you get out with the four games, you try to get some sort of rotation set. But let's be honest. Look at the way Brad Stevens has run He's this. He's not even He's, sweating it. He's just trying to give the absolutely. young players some run, see who he can work right. in situationally. The Aaron Baines injury hopefully doesn't linger too much, but that's, that, they're basically getting yeah. through the preseason without an injury. That one hurts a little, but I think they can stem the tide for a little bit. But he was definitely shining as the Celtics went 3-0 and so far. They got one more game on Wednesday, tomorrow night, against the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, I also like that they see the same uh, opponent twice, you know, during the preseason because it gives them an opportunity to sort of teach something to the youngsters about how to make adjustments. You know, I don't know that that really matters to the Cleveland Cavaliers at this stage of the game. But for a team like the Celtics, I think that's kind of beneficial because they can go back and look at the tape and make some early points about how those guys can adjust. And that's how they're – this is where it really kills to have a younger bench to that 49 – win prediction from whatever simulator that CSN put up the other night. That's where that does come into play. Now, by shortening the preseason, less back-to-backs, there'll be more practices. That'll help these guys for certain. But additionally, they need this time to kind of get ready for the NBA because they're probably used to, in college anyway, working on practicing to work on the next game and prepare. And in today's NBA, you're going to be able to watch film and make those adjustments without necessarily getting out on the floor and practicing it in a scrimmage or any kind of one-on-one workouts with the coaches. It's just not the same environment. Definitely not. And for a lot of these guys, it's going to be a big adjustment here this year. So that extra practice time is going to be great for this Celtics club. You're going to have a lot of guys who need that practice time. That's going to help. The other thing with the shortened preseason, you have a little less time to look at those end-of-the-bench guys. But thank goodness for the two-way contracts. So now a guy like Jabari Bird, you have him under control. You don't have to worry about losing him into the, into the, the nothingness of the, the waiver wire. He's a Celtic. He's going to be part of the deal. Um, you know, Kadeem Allen is, is also part of the deal. Hasn't exactly shown till greatly, but maybe when he goes to Portland, he's able to find his footing. But Bird, I think a guy is somebody that they're kind of really keeping an eye on the same way Abdel Nader was, was kind of in that same uh, feel, um, a year ago. So will Nader maybe have that same run? I think. He may start the year in Portland just because of, as you said, there's no injuries um, apart from what happens with Baines. And Nader isn't going to help you fix that front court shortfall. Um, I do think that, just to your point, though, about about Baines, I think this may cause them to look at maybe even, even harder at the waiver wire as all these teams are cutting, all these players that they have well over their, their 18-man or, I guess, 17-man uh, limit. Uh, the Celtics, I think, are going to be looking pretty hard to maybe add a big because 
right now, Al I didn't agree with you before. Yeah, I didn't agree with you necessarily on that before. But after the Aaron, B- Aaron Baines thing, even if they say he ends up being healthy, uh, I could still see them doing that just to be safe. You just never know. And um, little knee injury tweaks like that, why not take a little extra time? We'll see if they use that final roster spot or not. I do want to ask you, though, about the G League, and this will be kind of the final topic before we wrap the show. But Tommy Heinsohn said during the broadcast last night that, and I think it was like in the fourth quarter, him and him and Mike were kind of joking around about, you know, hey, <laughs> it's garbage minutes and they're still blowing the whistle and we're going to be here till midnight. And so they were kind of having some fun. But one of the things that coming out of that, uh, Tommy said that he thought the G League would end up having an impact on the pro clubs and how players get to the NBA because of these contracts, because essentially, I don't know how else to say it, but the ownership of the player, really, right? They have more players that they can work in. And he thought that that might decrease how many of these one-and-done scenarios actually wind up playing out, that there might be, you know, more players uh, coming up from the G League who are two years in college and then go to the G League and play and earn their way into the NBA. I actually think it's going to precipitate the one-and-done scenario. Even it's just going to extend it from the top of the draft to deeper into the draft. And I think we're going to see more of these upperclassmen going in the second round. So I actually think the opposite of Tommy, but I wanted to get your take on the impact of these two-way contracts before we uh, call it a call it a show and wait for the Charlotte Hornets game and ultimately come back here in just about a week and preview the uh, – the first game of an incredible season. The real deal. Yeah. I, you know, that's a, it's a good point. I, I think Tommy could be right. I think that it will make it easier for, for players to, you know, go back and forth. And I think the D G league, that's going to be hard. Um, the G league is going to be something that will be, it's going to take some steps forward. I think there's a fair, there's a fair chance that the, the G League could end up being a really good league, um, a really even more than than what we see in AAA baseball. You know, I think we could really see that as 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 the next best hope for players that that want to get their start and and don't want to go overseas. But maybe if they well, not to mention your affiliation with a, the pro club is right. so much enhanced. So when you're going to well, watch you're the an G NBA league, style. An NBA style, yeah. it's it's matching, and the players that you go see are likely right. players that you have been more closely following. They're not just some guy that's signed to a contract. They're a player who was drafted by your club who they get to hold on to for a while. It's not like they're going to all of a sudden wind up with the Pelicans. You're actually going to hold on to the player, which means the increase in likelihood that you'll see them play for the parent club, which is the reason, you know, you're into pro basketball, it's going to have an impact at least on attendance, which I think will help to your point, because this is really what it needs to be a legitimate league. They need to be able to offer contracts to players to keep them stateside versus going overseas as much as they do nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah, they've got to be able to keep guys. And a guy like Jabari Bird is somebody who probably could go over, play in a, in a really good league, either in Spain or Italy, make a lot of money, come back here and get a, get a training camp workout next year. This year, 
instead he's going to be able to um, not only play in an NBA system, um, have a chance to be called up during the year and play for the Celtics. Uh, should, uh, should some, you know, something happen, um, you know, there's, this is, this is a great opportunity. And so that means that guys very far, basically all the way back to 60, um, which doesn't, doesn't always happen. All of those guys should make an NBA roster and there should be even more guys who are uh, training camp invites who have the opportunity to make NBA rosters. Very few of them or none of them are actually uh, guaranteed contracts. So, hey, if, if a guy like Kadeem Allen or, or Jabari Bird doesn't work out, they can cut him loose and then they could sign the next Jabari Bird or the next uh, Kadeem Allen. It's just, it's going to provide an opportunity and guys are just going to have to keep working. It's going to require those teams to really put the time in and try to invest in these guys and get the most as they can out of them during these single year stints in the G League. It's going to take a lot and some teams are going to be more successful than others, I'm sure. Hopefully the Celtics are on that list. Yeah, with just all the draft picks that they stockpile, you got to think they're going to be on that list. More shots to hit a home run later in the draft, and uh, that's that's their game Bingo. to some level. You know, Nader looks interesting, so we'll see if he can hang on. Guaranteed, if there's a consolidating move somewhere along the line this season, then <clears throat> Nader finds his way into the rotation. So that's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media Mobile app. And don't forget to follow John and I on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And a quick reminder that this show today brought to you by FanDuel. They've got a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you would be supporting our show and the entire CLNS Media Network. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.